Hey everybody, welcome to the another episode of Sheer Geekdom. Godly, we keep taking all these breaks. Um, I think we should just go do it once a month at this point. But we're going to be good. I, I'm not going to say I promise because I keep saying it and I keep breaking my promises. But we are back. We've actually been kind of busy here at Sheer Geekdom. Um, we were sponsors for Parad uh, Parad Paradigm Pro Wrestling. We were sponsors for two matches. Um... Crown Jewel happened earlier today at noon while everybody was working. WB was overseas in Saudi. Um, the new trailer to Uncharted was released today. Um, and we're going to talk about a few things that we have going on and a few things that we've been doing. So, Mr. Chris, you got anything to say before we start the show? No, I just like to say, let's go ahead and get this started. All right, let's do it. We're back again. Yay. After being gone a month. About a month. No, less than a month. Anywho, I am now COVID free, everybody. Yay. Yay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me see something real quick. Nope, that, that's the wrong <laughs> one. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. There you go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> the, the, the drums was kind of cool, too. Playing with toys. Yay. Mr. Chris has a new toy. Well, we've been having it for a while, but he's now just playing with it. So, I am your host, Black Barbie 116 And I am Mr. Chris. And we are Sheer Geekdom. So, we've been, we've been busy while we've been on our somewhat hiatus. Um, we got to take in a wrestling show. We've been watching a lot of wrestling. So we're going to go over a few things. We don't really have too much nerdum stuff to talk about. Other than that DC fandom happened this last weekend. They announced a few things. We're going to probably talk about John Kent being bisexual. So let's just roll into it and we'll see where it goes. So this past weekend, last week, DC had their DC fandom. It seems like they've been having them like a couple every quarter just about. Because they had one earlier this year, I think right at springtime and so they had one for the fall winter um i signed up i didn't watch any of the live things because it was all day long when i say all day they were all day long they started at a certain time and they were going all day they they announced some few new comics that they have coming out a few new um dc shows that they're gonna do um they gave a sneak peek into uh oh is it oh shit it's the peacemaker i think that's what it's called but that's going to be coming on HBO Max in twenty January 2022. I think they're just calling it The Peacemaker. I thought it was called, oh shit, it's The Peacemaker. I think they're just calling it The Peacemaker. Okay, they changed the name. Unless that's just for, um, you know, like marketing purposes. But anytime you see it, like I've seen uh, some things on Facebook for it and like uh, behind the scenes stuff and it just says Peacemaker. Let me make sure. Because I, cause I thought, but I think they're trying to do it on the veins of a comedy well number one they can't because it says it's called fuck it's the peacekeeper so that's why they probably are saying that but on hbo max it's probably going to be fuck it's the peacekeeper mm -hmm. peacemaker i'm sorry but yeah they announced they did do a sneak peek they did show like a i think it's like a two three minute trailer of the show um it looks like it's pretty funny i have hbo max so i'm going to check it out regardless um and then right before fandom happened 
DC decided to come out with and just mess up the whole comic book world. And the sad thing is, when they messed up the whole comic book world, people were chiming in on who did not know what they were talking about. So, DC comes out with the headlines, or the new, I'm sorry, the media came out with the headlines that Superman is now bisexual. Now, granted, when you think of Superman, Mr. Chris, which Superman do you think of? Clark Kent. I mean, it's the only Superman that I know. <laughs> okay, so, I know Connor. Connor Kent, the, the, the clone. Well, anywho, so... The headlines come out that Superman is now bisexual, and it, they show a picture of Superman kissing a guy, a, a young boy with purple, pink hair. So everybody and their mom goes shit crazy because they think it's Clark Kent. No, people, it is not. It is John Kent. John Kent, I do believe, on one of the alternate Earths, or even now this Earth, or in the future, that is Clark Kent and Lois Lane's son. So, people were going crazy and losing their minds, and everyone was like, oh, look at them, they're tarnishing uh, a superhero's reputation, when I'm like, number one, John Kent, we don't know much about him, other than he's related to Superman, or he's Superman's son, that's all we know. Number two, it's not Clark Kent. It's not, people. It's not Clark Kent. It's John Kent. I don't have a problem with it. I know a lot of people do because they're like, they're, they're tarnishing the reputation of Superman. And I'm like, it's not Clark Kent, guys. It's not. And then someone, I saw someone on the internet, wilding out on Al Gore's internet, talking about how first they started with Miles Morales and they turned Spider-Man black and now they're turning Superman by. And I'm like, I don't have enough energy in this world to debate people about these situations. I don't have a problem with it because it's 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 that's the thing about comic books they grow with the times and the problem i think most people have about comic books is that all of these and i'm not trying to get political and if you are a right winger i'm sorry but i'm going to say this most most comic books and most comic book writers creators are very liberal they're very very liberal most of them were jewish Especially the ones that made your favorites, like your Captain Americas, your your Supermans, your Batmans. They were they were Jewish, and they were Jewish during World War II. They were very liberal. Stan Lee, probably the most liberalest person I know. The X Men are based on Martin Luther King and the Civil Rights Movement and Malcolm X. Superman, Superman was based on an idea to fight fascists. That's why they used to say truth, justice, and Ameri the American way. They don't say that anymore because the American way is not the American way that people want it to be like it was back then. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hmm? So let me get this straight. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me that Superman was Antifa. By today's standards, he would be. I mean, there's no, it's anti-fascist. I mean. So is Captain America. No, I mean, I'm just saying. And people are shitting on Captain America because now Captain America is, as, as these people call it, he's quote-unquote woke and so now they have this new comic called the united states of captain america and they're showing different types of captain americas now it's not just you know sam and and steve and bucky it's these different kids or different people who embody the spirit of captain america and he does and they don't have to be blonde hair blue eyes and punching out hitler damn antifa i mean <laughs> I just hate when people, it's comic books. Comic books have always been liberal. And the one thing that I read before, that someone's, and I've seen it, someone quoted it. They said that, you know, if you feel like all this stuff that's happening in comic books, because it's always been liberal, the good guys have always been, you know, liberal for most part. 
if you feel like they're not the good guys anymore, then you're the bad guy. You're the villain of the whole story. Because if you, my thing is, is you love it when Captain America was punching out Hitler, but you don't like the fact that he's standing up for Sam Wilson to have the shield and be an African-American Captain America. You like it that Clark Kent's Superman goes around and he punches, you know, Lex Luthor and everybody. But his son or another alternate universe Superman is bisexual and you he's an alien. First and foremost, they're aliens. I mean, they're not even come on, people. Let's let's just leave it at this. Comic books, it's it's fake, but they tell real stories. It might not be your story, but it's somebody else's. It goes back to the, the, the whole phrase that we've been using for 2020 and 2021. 2021. Representation matters. You got anything to say, Mr. Chris? No, I mean, you kind of went where I was going to go with it, that, you know, it's it's comic book. It's fictional characters. And, I mean, we have so many iterations of different characters that, you know, it was only a matter of time before it happened. Right. It's only a matter of time before you have, you know, a Batman, a Superman, a Flash, or anybody, or even on the Marvel side, Tony, you know, Tony Stark, anybody, that's going to be seen and represented in a different manner because of where they are i mean and that's the that's the beautiful thing about comics that's the beautiful thing about you know all that is it it's up for you know i'm saying reimagining all of it is now there's certain ones that you don't touch and that's for you know that that's for obvious reasons and the obvious reasons is that you know you can't change black panther Black right. Panther is going to be T'Challa. He is going to be black, and he is going to be the king of Wakanda. You cannot replace him with a white person. And before anybody's like, oh, well, well you... Da, da, da. The issue with that is that there is so few, you know, black superheroes that it's like you want to take the few that they have and try to whitewash them. I don't agree with that. Now, I mean, it's just like with Nick Fury. Nick Fury wasn't always a black guy. It's who he's iconic as now. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson is... Nick Fury now. And I mean, even in the comic books, he was, but that was an alternate, you know, universe. Yeah, that was the ultimate. But the thing about that is, is that it's a character that can kind of be, you know, interchanged. Well, and now with Nick Fury, because they've incorporated, you know, I don't want to say black Nick Fury, but they've incorporated him into it. Now they got it that he is like the great, great grandson of the original Nick Fury. So somewhere down the line, Nick Fury's family member got with a black person and then it went from white 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 which what happens in real life you can have a whole family that starts off as white and then one of the family members marries someone of color don't have to be black it could be hispanic and then before you know it that whole family line that was originally white as most people like to say is now a beautiful shade of rainbows of people yeah. or they could just be all black or all hispanic yeah and i mean that's that's like i said though there's you have hundreds of white characters mm -hmm. hundreds of them and you have a handful of black characters so you know it's like when people try to come with their argument it's like oh well you made you know spider-man you know a black kid number one this is not peter parker that's that, one yes. that's one thing that they don't really do is that if it's a if it's an alternate form it's an alternate form from another dimension or it's an alternate it's not the same person you know what i'm saying facts so i mean but if you have hundreds of white characters that was, you know, that was presented and you have just a handful of black characters that are, you know, that are represent, you know, representative of the black community, you know what I'm saying? 
don't touch them, period. Hispanics too, Because, I, I mean, I know people will make that argument. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, well, you could turn Nick Fury black, but you can't turn Chitala white. No, you can't. You can't turn Storm white. No, you can't turn Storm white. It's just not. Well, here's the thing about Storm. She's been whitewashed a couple times. Yeah, but I mean, I'm. But I'm saying though, Storm and yeah, you can't turn is. yeah, you can't turn her white. No, but it it's this is a whole another argument for her. But there's been a lot of they've done a lot of they did a lot of whitewashing, especially like if you look at her in certain games, she's like in the comic book she was dark skin. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you get the X Men animated series, she's light skin. You yeah. get Halle Berry, light skin. You get. Um, Alexandria Ship, who is on the, I think she's in the Age of Apocalypse, the Apocalypse one, light skin. Mm-hmm. Storm's always been dark skin, but in certain comics, I mean, even then, I mean, Stan Lee has addressed it too, that because sometimes dark colors don't come out as good in comics, you know, because of the ink and stuff that they were using in the past. They've made up for it because they have made her a little bit darker now, but there was a point in time in the 90s that Storm was getting like. Girlfriend was getting straight white, whitewashed, like light skin, like Beyonce looking. Which I mean was a lot of the reasons why, like back in the days, they were always purple. They always represented yeah. black people as purple. Yes. And why they always represented Asians as yellow. Yeah. Which I mean, there's racist, you know, undertones in undertones that. with that. But you know, what I'm saying to to do the skin tone of an Asian or do the skin tone of you know a black person, they didn't really have. They could have, but they didn't. I mean, yeah. I mean, well. I mean, they probably yeah. could have took the time to do it, but. Well, I mean. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the only reason why I say that is because you kind of got a point there. Because, like, and I'm a huge Archie comics fan. Veronica. Veronica is a brunette, but when you read the comics, her hair is like a blue, a blackish blue. Like, it'll mm-hmm. be black, and then they, like, where I guess the sheen of her hair like the little, I guess where the light hits it, yeah. they they they'll shade it blue. Mm-hmm. They did that with Lois Lane. Wonder Woman used to be the same yeah. way. The yeah. hair used to be blue mm-hmm. instead of being brown because brown and black, I think, did, back in the day, just didn't show up. Now I'm not excusing because they still do that to this day. They still kind of do like, especially if it's black hair, mm-hmm. they have the blue kind of blue tint tone to, it, to yeah. it, to show you know reflection of light or whatever. Yeah. But now they do better. They because yeah. I mean now everything's digital now. Yeah, but I mean I think with like Wonder Woman and, and, and Veronica and people like that, they're icon like they're iconic characters. Like you said, like you can't take you can't make T'Challa black uh, white. You can't take you know Wonder Woman or Veronica I mean, even, Lodge and make them even in another you know even if you try to say oh well it's another dimension you just you know you don't do it you know what I'm saying it, it, it doesn't even have to do with creative or anything like that you just don't do it well now okay so well and I which uh, this is gonna lend to what you're saying because one comic that I've been watching variant comic review he was reviewing like DC where they do like their future shock or whatever their future mm-hmm. I'm sorry future state future shock I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Drew McIntyre uh, Superman's black and he's president, but he's not Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. He's just known as the, they either call him Superman or they call him the president or they call him President Superman. He's not Clark Kent. Whole different character. That's just like when people made that argument about Miles Morales. It wasn't Peter Parker that they right. were turning black. Right. Peter Parker already has his whole set of clones. You got Ben Riley. You got you got Parker Peter. I mean, who, he's got a lot of clones. Now Miles Morales does too. But it's one of those things where people were just so up in arms. And it's just like with this whole thing with, you know, 
John Kent being bisexual. It's not Clark Kent. And the sad thing is, is the media and I, and I normally don't attack the media because I'm not one of those people. I'm not saying, oh, fake news. I'm not none of that. But the crazy thing is, is the media was the one that played this narrative that, oh, because they didn't give you no context. It's like right before they got a commercial. Oh, Superman is now bisexual. Uh, more details at five. So then when you actually, and, and most older people, and I'm sorry if, if you're over the age of 50, 55, I'm going to say 55. If you're over the age of 55, the news context, you just catch the headline or the storyline that's running. You, you're not, you might not stick around. You might got to go bathroom. You might have to go to the store to get some cigarettes. You might, you know, you might have to go do something else. So you're only catching, oh, Superman's bisexual. You didn't stick around to listen to the whole story because, you know, most of them, they'll, they'll announce that stuff and then they'll bury it. So then around 556, they're talking about it. Yeah, that's the clickbait. Yeah. And even, yeah, yeah. It's just some headlines just to either, it either draws you to it or makes you be like, fuck this. And then you get on Facebook flapping your gums about Clark Kent being gay and or bisexual and it's not even Clark Kent. But overall, comic books, representation matters for everybody. Not just black people, not just brown people, but for gays, lesbians, transgender. It, it Everybody needs to be represented. We're in a world now where everyone has to, needs to have some type of representation and at least everyone feel inclusive or included and not excluded. Because yeah. if, if Stan Lee was alive, I guarantee you, we would have probably already had, well, which Marvel has done transgender uh, comic uh, characters for a long time. But I mean, hey, if you don't like it, don't read it. Because y'all not going out and buying them comic books anyway. You're not spending $3.99, $4.99 on the comic books. Y'all just on Facebook complaining. So if you don't like it, don't read it. And if you don't want your kids to see it, then don't let your kids see it. Most of these kids ain't reading no damn comic books anymore anyway. They all about the TikToks and the YouTubes. Right, because I mean, we was in the comic book store. And the people that was in there, the workers, and there was probably like a couple, you know, customers and stuff was talking about it. And they had kind of the same sentiment about it. Like, it's... A comic book you know it's a fictional character it's not even clark kent like who really cares and i mean these are people that work in you know a comic book shop people that are actually coming in to buy comic books and you know what i'm saying i think overall in the in in the you know in the comic book fandom community i don't think there's really a whole lot of like oh my god i can't believe that type. No. it's all you know oh you know another view on a on a classic character, you know what I'm saying? And because, like I said, they've done it with everybody. Everybody has had some type of alternate universe, them. They've had a alternate, you know, it. everybody. I don't think anybody has been safe from that. I'm just going to say this. DC did a comic back in the 70s where they turned Lois into a whole black woman. I read that shit. I was offended at first, but I, I was getting to, I, I got what they were trying to do. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to say this. Superman never asked, answered the question. Lois was still a black woman. And Lois was like, would you still love me if I was a black woman? He's like, I love you anyways. He didn't answer the question. He gave a safe answer. Okay, but on, on, on that note, Superman, Clark Kent, Kyle L., whatever name you want to give him, he is an alien. As yep. alien, they don't know nothing about that. Now, they might, you know, I've seen some things where, you know, they'll kind of be like, well... You know, one color of alien was more superior than this color of alien or something like that. But for the most part, you know what I'm saying? They don't 
they don't have that same notion of, you know, uh, of which I'm trying to make sense out of a you well, know, comic I think, book character. But, you know, I'm just saying that as, you know, say as an alien, that's not from here. You know what I'm saying? It's a whole different thing because you are technically different from everybody. So how can you really be, you know, how can you be racist or how can you be biased against anybody else when there is nobody on this entire earth that's like you well i think and another reason why and you should read it i have it i have it's superman it's a comp it's in the compilations of superman in the 70s the only i mean i think the only reason why i was a little bit offended by it is because and i'm like yeah superman he didn't really answer lois's question she asked specifically would you love me if i was a black woman and this man's like well you know i love you anyway you know what i'm saying i love i love you <laughs> no matter he and I mean I think he did say it doesn't matter what you look like but it's like you're not really she said if if I was a black woman would you love me but I think the whole comic book was kind of about race that it started with an issue I think someone a, a child had, or somebody had got killed and Lois was trying to do his or or no I think it was about the apartments that these people were staying in um was bad and Lois was trying to do a story about it and none of the people in the apartment building wanted to talk to her because she's white because, I mean, this is the 70s now. So, kind of like uh, Candyman. Yeah. Yes. That's probably where they got it from. So, Lois ends up going to Star Labs with, with Clark. And it's like... Oh, and then, well, she finds out she, befri she befriends this woman. And she finds out that I think her... It's either her or her baby's sick. Yeah, this is almost like Candyman. She finds out that the child is sick and they need a, a blood transfusion. And, and Lois and her got the same blood. They got the same blood type. but Or, or she needs kidney. She needs some type of surgery. And Lois is like, I can do it. And the woman's like, I don't trust you, Whitey. So Lois goes to Star Labs with Superman. Superman's like, I don't think this is a good idea, Lois. And then she gets into this machine and turns into a black woman. Afro everything. So then she ends up moving into this apartment and then her and that lady become like best friends. And so then she starts getting, she's basically just trying to write a story. She's becoming friends with people in the neighborhood, but the neighborhood's kind of violent. So then here comes Superman. Cause he's like, damn, I can't just leave my girlfriend in this neighborhood. Cause it ain't the greatest. And I mean, there was, there were some instances where people was pelting rocks and, and bricks at them because they like, go away, Whitey. You don't never care about us. Where are you at when, you know, Mr. John's car got stolen? Where are you at when the gangs is over here tagging up the streets? And Superman's like, I'm only one man. And they're like, but you don't care about us. And so, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know what DC was trying to do. And they may not have been the right people to tell it. Marvel probably would have been a little bit better. That's just my Marvel bias showing. But that whole comic was kind of cringy. And like the, and I'm, and if you're listening to this and you're pro-black, I, I mean, you can be pro-black and, and, and not be anti-white. But I mean, most pro-black folks like the Hoteps was sitting over here like, well, that's just cringy. And, but y'all didn't read it. That's the problem is that people don't read comic books. I always have a comment. And it's like, you're not, you're commenting on a comic book that came out in the 70s. And y'all trying to bring that shit back on Facebook and make it relevant. Don't get me, oh shoot, I touched the microphone. Don't get me wrong. The the comic book is cringy, but I got, I kind of get the gist of what they were trying to say. I just didn't like Superman's non-answer at the end. But it is what it is. Representation matters, people. Just don't turn Lois into a black woman again. But I think they learned their lesson from now. I don't think they'll ever do that again. So moving on again, 
DC has fandom. It's on the internet. Just go to, I think it's dc.com slash fandom. You can check it out. I think they still have some of the videos up. They were also offering some NF, some NFTs. I'm getting old, so I didn't really know what it was. I signed up for it, and I got two of them. I got a Harley Quinn NFT, and then I got a Superman NFT. It's supposed to be some chain block, coin bit type of stuff. I don't know. I own two of them through DC. I don't know if they're worth any. I don't think they're worth anything because they were both common. They weren't rares. I wanted the Nubia one, but Nubia was rare. Yeah. Uh, all I know about an NFT is John Cena tried, WWE tried to do one, and it failed badly. But I own two of them thanks to Fandom. Thank you, DC Fandom. So, moving on. Video game world has been still a little slow. Still can't get an Xbox Series X. Still can't get a PlayStation 5. Shit, not without paying $1,000 for one. GameStop, please quit sending me emails two hours before. Hey, we're going to have X PlayStation 5s go on sale at 11 o'clock Central Time. Two hours before. And then I don't check my emails because I'm at work. You know, people work. I see it an hour later. And the thing about GameStop is they keep trying to bundle it with shit that you don't want. I don't want Madden. I don't... Extra control I can take. I don't want Madden. So, again, game... Video game news, still slow. Still can't get what we want. Yep, still going back in the in the bend of the bend of classics to pass the time. So what you been playing, Mr. Chris? Because Mr. Chris is our resident gamer. Uh, I've been playing uh, Fallout New Vegas. Because I heard, you know, I was listening to the whole debate about which... Fallout is the best one, and some people say three, some people say New Vegas. Some? Okay, a lot of people say New Vegas. Thank you. I, for one, am not one of them that agrees that New Vegas, even after going through... Me neither. ...and playing it again recently, I still don't like it as much as I like three. I will give you that, which I'm not counting 76 because it's an online game, and I don't group online games in with the... You know, with the uh, with the console one-player games, four is the worst out of the the newer three. Because I mean, we gotta take in consideration that there was what four or five other games even before three. So out of the newer ones, since Bethesda got their hands on it, to me, three is the best one. Um, New Vegas. New Vegas. Nope. 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 Well, yeah. 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 The thing about four that I like the most is that you could you could customize the uh, the the power armor. Okay, gotcha. That was the one thing that I liked about that. And you, okay, and that's matter of fact, that's one of the reasons why I like three more so than I do New Vegas. In New Vegas, when you finally when you're finally able to get power armor because you have to go through a whole bunch of stuff before you can even wear it. Even if you do find it, you can't wear it yet. You wear it as like it's. Um, like, it's just a regular armor, mm-hmm. just a part of your apparel, to where with three and four, they're actual, you know, basically uh, Gundam suits that you have to get in. Oh, to step in and step out. Yeah. And that's how they use them. So, I mean, you you had stats that went up, like your, you know, your, um, your health went up, your strength went up, you know, and all that with, with, um. You know, with New Vegas, it was like if you picked up power armor, it was almost like picking up a metal, you know, a set of metal armor or, you know, like some Raider gear or something like that. So I don't know. The the problem I had with four is just that, you know, the repetitiveness, which I understood what they was trying to do. They was trying to make a game that, you know, that you could keep on playing, Mm -hmm. which was the whole reason for the customization of, you know, like the, the towns and you could build houses and. 
you know, have like a whole little community and stuff. I mean, I understand where they were coming from with it, but the repetitiveness just it just got too much. So I think that's where four really fell off. And then plus the, you know, the main story was kind of short. But going back, like I said, going back and playing New Vegas again, the main story on that one was pretty short too. If you went straight through and just did it, like you could have it done within maybe four or five hours, easy. I like three, but I mean, I think with three because that's the one. My Fallout story, I started playing it, got bored with the goat. I was at the goat, taking the goat test and got bored. But I think with three, when I watched you play, it was just more to do. Um, New Vegas, New Vegas wasn't bad, but there are people, again, on the internet, the internet, that is over here going hard for Fallout New Vegas. And they'll tell you that three sucked, four sucked. Like, there's these hardcore Fallout purists who will be like, one and two were better than three and four. And I'm like, eh, slow your roll there, buddy. And then when the one dude chimed in, like, I don't know why I'm in these gamer groups. This one dude chimed in and said, what was it? Uh, is it the Brotherhood of Steel game that won? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said that was better. I was like, what? I mean, it all depends on how you look at it. I mean, if you... I could never really get into, you know, the the older, over the top, the you know, ISO view. That it's just hard for me to get into that. Now, if I could, if I was able to, because I've watched, you know, YouTube videos of people, you know, not necessarily playing it, but talking about it, things that you can do, you know, talking about little details of it. It is very in depth. Like the mm-hmm. the first, second one, it's very in depth on, you know, what all you can do all the little secret areas and secret, you know, missions and little, you know, Easter eggs and stuff that you will find in it. It's very detailed. So, I mean, if you're kind of into more of that stuff, I, you know, fine. But, you know, to me, that's just not my cup of tea. Well, also a lot of people said that if you play one and two, a lot of things that you see three, four in New Vegas makes sense. Like, cause some things they do draw back, but that is, that's on Bethesda, though. That's them paying attention to what Interplay, because Interplay was the people who made the first couple Fallout games. That's them paying attention to what Interplay did and decided to, you know, kind of do a callback. Yeah. Now, there's a difference between 3 and 4 and New Vegas. Do you know what that difference is? Developer, I mean, or publisher, or developer-wise. Because publishers... That was Bethesda. different. It was different. different. Uh, it was a different publisher. Or different developer. developer. Yeah. You know who the developer was? Uh, wasn't it? Shit, I don't remember. Obsidian. Yeah, Obsidian did New Vegas. Yes. And then 3 and 4 was done by Bethesda Studios, right? Yes. Yeah. And I mean, that's like I said, don't get me wrong. New Vegas was a good game. But to say that it's the best one, I, you know, I strongly disagree with that. Well, that's just like, that goes on the lines of when you talk about Elder Scrolls. A lot of people like Oblivion. A lot of people like Skyrim. Different developers, though. 2K developed uh, Oblivion. Oblivion, uh, Elder Scrolls in general, the games are just really hard to, you know, they're hard to really put into an order of best to worst because they all had, they all had things that was great in them. They all had things that could have been improved on. They all had things that was improved from, you know, the previous games. That's one thing about them is they do get better. And they do kind of try to put a whole lot into it. So then it does take away from other things. And then 
plus you have your hilarious you know uh glitches and you know and all that but this it's hard to really put them in order and then plus they all kind of connect in some way shape yeah. or form you know like you know you can be walking through in skyrim and find a book that's talking about you know something that if you play through arena that you would know mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so they always good but that's like i said it's one thing about bethesda especially with you know with their fallout and their elder Scrolls series is they they all they they managed to go back on you know on on older you know older titles mm-hmm. you know as long as it's within the you know the timeline yeah well i mean overall like what you like play what you play but don't get on here trying to tell other people what they should play or what they should like. And, I mean, everybody has their own experiences of why they like a certain game. Like me. I like Mortal Kombat 2. A lot of people don't like Mortal Kombat 2. You suck it if you don't. But, but, I mean, whatever. It's your opinion. You know? But, overall, any other games you've been playing, Mr. Chris? Um, I started playing this little kitty game. It's, uh... What's it called? Bug Fables? Bug Fables. I knew the game. He did not know the name of the game. He's been playing this game for like four hours. I was like, and so yesterday, he's not playing the game. So I'm like, hey, are you going to play Bug Fables? Yeah. I said, Bug Fables. He looks at me like, what? Yeah. I mean, I was just going through, um, I was going through uh, uh, Xbox uh, Game Pass and just looking for some, you know, something to play on my computer. Now, granted, the computer's not. A gaming computer, so it can't play like newer games. So I try to play um, what was Jedi it? Fallen Order. Yeah, I try to play that, and that shit ran like man, it, like, it, it, it was, was un- it was unplayable. It was lagging bad. It was, but I was able to play New Vegas. So I'm like, okay, so a little bit older games, you know, the computer can run it fine. So I'm trying to find something, but found this little game. It was a bug game, and it's played almost exactly like Paper Mario. Wording all the the font, the text fonts, everything looks like Paper Mario. Yeah, the the text fonts, the the battle sequences, you know, the movement, everything that it looks and plays just like Paper Mario. So somebody did a little bit of digging and researching on it, and you found what? Thank it. Um, that basically it's a homage to Paper Mario. Like this, a lot of like. The thing is, it came out on the Switch. It actually came out on the Switch before I think it came out for the Xbox. And I think it's on the PlayStation as well. Um, but it came out on the Switch first. And I, I read an article where a guy, it was like he wrote it for, like I think, Nintendo Life or whatever. And he was talking about this is the game that people wanted Paper Mario um, Origami King to be. But it wasn't. Um, a lot of fans of Paper Mario, like Thousand Year Door, the original Paper Mario... Um, even the one on the, on the Wii, I forgot which one that was called. What was it? I know you could do the flipping, the flipping mm-hmm. of the two worlds, the upside down world or whatever. Yeah. Um, a lot of people liked those. They, a lot of people didn't like Origami King. I didn't like Origami King either. I didn't really care for it either, but that my problem with Origami King was the, the, um, the fight the, sequence. The battle mechanics. Yeah, that was It weird. was really weird. You yeah, had to line something up and you know it was just they added they added a puzzle aspect to it and it was weird Yeah, it was just awkward like you gotta line up for anybody that hasn't played it you know you gotta line them up in order but you only have certain amount of moves to do it and 
it was just like you know it took kind of the, it took the fun out of it really because like to me when you played thousand year door or even the original paper mario i mean it's just like you got three over here three over here and then you know you pick your little things and then you go boop because i'm like dude just let me let me just tap a to double jump on their head you know right. i don't need to do no puzzles just let me try to time my a so i can get that extra hit in and that's what Bug Fables does. So if you yeah. are a fan of Paper Mario, the original Thousand Year Door, you know, the one on the Wii that I just can't think of its name. Um, and if you do, put it in the comments on the group. Um, this game is for you. It's It looks, I swear, if you load it up, it looks exactly like Paper Mario. I thought I thought Mr. Chris was playing Paper Mario. So I walked in the room. I was like, damn, are you playing Paper Mario? He's like, no, it's a game I found on the Game Pass. I was like, oh. Okay. Yeah, I mean, as an adult, if you can get past the kind of, you know, the kiddiness of playing as bugs, you know what I'm saying? It's, but I mean, if you're a fan of Paper Mario, that's kind of. It's it's the same style. Yeah. Style is the stylization is the same from the font. You just text. don't have, you know, you just don't have the iconic characters that really made, right. you know, made it as big as it was. Because I think if it was any other characters, then they probably wouldn't have. Probably wouldn't have done too much. Yeah. But I mean, if you're a fan of Paper Mario, go through, you know, try that game out. I think you'll like it. So does this have a Sheer Geekdom stamp of approval? Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and give it. I'll, I'll give it to. So it. we're gonna post that in the Facebook group later. I'm gonna find a picture of it and, and give it the Sheer Geekdom stamp of approval. I'm corny, so. All right, so we're gonna talk wrestling this last couple of minutes. Shout out to my peoples at Power Ups and Power Bombs. We're on a we're on a small hiatus. We couldn't record last week, and we're not recording this week because um, Drizzy and Lynn are heading up to the Blogworth's um, Halloween party up there in Cincinnati. So shout out to Blogworth School of Black Nerd Culture and Comic Wiz- Wizardry. God, Wizardry is going to be the word that gets me today. Um, shout outs to them. Um, if you guys are listening, I think it's Saturday and Sunday. I think they're doing, or even tomorrow. I think it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They're doing uh, three days of. Uh, black culture up there in Cincinnati. So, I mean, I think it's it. I think you can still get tickets. I don't know, but everyone there. A lot of people are dressing up in cosplay. So, um, I asked um, Drizzy if he could go live, if he could, or just live tweet. So, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I think yeah, follow him on there if he. And I mean, and then also shout outs to him because he is excited because he got a spaces. So shout out to that. I got a spaces too. I think Twitter's just throwing them out now. But we've been busy with wrestling. Mr. Chris and I did a thing. Um, we decided that we were going to sponsor two matches for Paradigm Pro. They had two shows in one night. And we over the age of 30, and we stayed out till what? We got home at like midnight, about a little bit after midnight. Yeah. So they had two shows. They had um, the one show was the red brand called They Know. And then the second one, I found out the name of the second one. I found it, As the Rush Comes In. That's that's what the name of the second one was called. That was oh. the blue the blue brand. All right. So we decided that we were going to sponsor a match on both sides. Let me tell you, this was my first time going to Paradigm Pro. It was our first time going to Paradigm Pro Wrestling. It wasn't my first. I've been watching it on IW. I watched it a few times on IWTV. Shout out to um, The Ville Wrestling, Corey at The Ville Wrestling, because Corey was the one who said, hey, I have a coupon you guys could use for IWTV. I got it free for a week. And I was like, oh, this 
wrestling's pretty cool. Because the first show, the red show, they, I think it's called um, They Know. It mixes hip-hop and wrestling. And majority of it is a lot of the wrestlers on that first card were African-American. Um, let me see if I can bring up the card. And while we do that, Mr. Chris, give us uh, your take on it. Um, this is really my first wrestling show in a long time. Probably we since a kid, because I mean, we went to OVW. I didn't say because oh yeah, I had my to bad. Leave. I'm sorry. So, so. I mean, I didn't really get to stay that long because little Chris, sorry. Yeah, the boy was I'm hot and I can't take this anymore. So I sat outside <laughs> majority of the time. So I don't count that. Okay, I'm sorry. But I mean, it was you know it, it was a lot of fun. I, you know, I'm not usually the type to really you know get into things because I'm kind of a nonchalant type person. If you know, you know. But, I mean, I was clapping, I was cheering, I was, you know, and it was just a whole lot of fun. And, I mean, everybody that was there was, you know, very entertaining. They was very, you know, very good at what they do, at their, you know, at their craft. And, you know, it was a good time. And I can't wait to the next show because, best believe, we're going to be there, too. So, they have another one coming up on December 3rd. It's like they're doing the, UW, the UWFI tryouts, and then they're doing – um, Jordan Blade versus Filthy Tom Lawler. But they said they're going to go silent for the whole month of November. Then they're going to come back in December. But in 2022, they're going to do, uh, they're going to have a blue brand and the red brand. The red brand, uh, the red brand shows, they're going to do, I think, once a month for each. Each one's going to, I think they're going to split the shows up. Mm -hmm. So if you want to just see the, the blue brand side, you can go see that, which is mostly UFWI rules. And I think a lot of the uh, hardcore stuff. But if you like the red brand, you can go see that too. I'm looking. I'm sorry. It's just taking forever. Yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of wrestling, just watch them both. You know, that's what we do. That's what I do. Just watch them both. I'm sorry. It was called As the Rush Comes. Yeah. I said As the Rush Comes. Again, but as the, same difference. As the Rush Comes. So here's the thing. We had a great time. Um, oh, okay, so I found it, found all of them, okay, so, on They Know, which was the red brand, the hip-hop, it was more of your hip-hop wrestling fusion, um, we missed the first match, it's not even listed on here, but we missed it, um, so we can't really comment on it. But I want to say that there was, um, there was a replacement for that match, it was, um, Sir Merrick, Mer yeah. Merrick, uh, I'm getting his name all wrong. Sir yeah. Merrick, uh, oh, I think he might have been. It, it was there was Kerry Awful versus Freddie Hudson. I think that's the match we missed, yeah. but I think he was a replacement in yes. that match. Okay, so we didn't get to see that match because we were stuck in traffic because Louisville traffic sucks, and we were trying to go at like because Mr. Christian trying to be cheap and didn't want to pay the tolls, and so we waited in line for like 30 minutes to get on the Second Street Bridge. And if you're from Louisville, you know. You don't want to pay them tolls because tolls is expensive. The Second Street Bridge is the way to go, but you're going to have to wait. So, we missed that match. Well, I think the match we came in on was the match we sponsored. Yeah. So, that was for the Paradigm Pro Tag Team Wrestling match, and it was a triple threat match. It was the Lost Boys versus Odyssey versus MVC. Mm -hmm. That was a good match. Yeah. But also, sure, Geekdom, we, oh, God, I keep touching the thing. Sure, Geekdom, we sponsored that match. So that was a really good match. 
Um, shout outs to Odyssey. They ended up winning. So then I think the next match after that was Braden Lee versus Zay Washington. That was a good match too. Yeah. Um both of them got off of both of them got off some really good offense and offensive styles. Um Zay Zay Washington ended up winning that match. It was a really that was a really good one. Yeah. I mean there was hardly any matches that was like boring. Yeah. We were entertained. Now once they got to the second show you know, it was kind of weird because we're not used to them rules and how they do it. So it was kind of like. Right. So, it, you know, it just took a little bit to really kind of understand what it was that was going on. Because, I mean, you got people over there getting knocked out and it's like, what the hell is that, you know? But, I mean, overall, it was still, all of it was good. Like, I can't say that I was disappointed with anything that I've seen. And that's saying a lot considering I critique every damn thing. Speaking of, before we finish, before we go on. Uh, what's his name? Ibota. What's his name? Uh, oh, oh, one of the dudes got knocked up. One of the Asian dudes got knocked out. Because, you know, they're doing the G. It's the G1 Climax. They do the oh, um, Ibusha. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Kota Ibusha. Ibushi. Yeah, he got knocked out. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, they had to carry him out. They said he's in the hospital right now. But, I, didn't, I didn't read the story, but I seen the picture where, you know, he had the, uh, he won he had his, the medics around him. And yeah, stuff. he won his first round, and then he went... He fought again, cause they do that. You they don't call it the UF, they call it the UF uh, UWF. Mm-hmm. But I think we here in the United States UWFI rules. Yeah. But yeah, he got knocked out. So shout out to him. Get well soon. Hopefully it's not serious. So the second match that we saw was the women's fatal four way. This match was very entertaining. That was Jocelyn Navarro, Billy Starks, who's a home, Louisville hometown girl. Kayla Cassidy is also from Louisville as well. And then Charlie Cruel. Charlie Cruel was added on at the last minute because this match was originally a triple threat match. And then they added um, Charlie Cruel on at the last minute. Charlie Cruel was probably my favorite one, even though I do love Jocelyn Navarro um, because she's very entertaining. This girl came out throwing out Pop-Tarts. Miss Cruz like, I wanted a Pop-Tart. You didn't throw your hands up to say hey. She didn't throw them in my direction. You got to go hey. Hey, but at least out of, you know, those of us that were there, out of sheer geekdom and power-ups and power-bombs, somebody got a Pop-Tart. Yeah. So. Shout out to Drizzy. He caught the Pop-Tart. And then he ended up giving it to Bernard. <laughs> Bernard had a, by the way, sorry, I don't mean to make fun of you, Bernard, but Bernard, came, he came prepared. He had a Whopper. And then he got a Pop-Tart. I'm sitting there like, dang, I'm over here starving. At this, at the show, I'm starving because they only had chips for sale. Yeah, Which, I know the guy was sitting beside me. He was like, "Damn, you got a whopper." I'm like, "I know, right?" Like, damn, damn. Bernard, <laughs> damn. Oh, uh, he wants to be. We got to have Bernard on the show one day. But yes, Bernard. Shout out to Bernard for coming prepared. We didn't come prepared, but next time, big purse full of food. But yes, um, Charlie Crew ended up winning. I ended up getting her autograph because I thought she was pretty cool. And the picture I have, I probably need to put him on the page and show everybody the picture i have is with her with some blood on it she was very down to earth very nice um it was good to see billy starks um in person because i've been watching her she's a hometown girl from louisville she's studying in college at the same time while wrestling it was good to see jocelyn navarro because i i've been missing her in obw because i've been watching her when she was in obw but she's not there hardly but overall, that was a good match. Those mm-hmm. girls put on a show for it to be a fatal four-way. Yeah. And those girls battled. Yes. 
the next match, which this match had me cheering for the other guy instead of the famous guy. It was Cole Raddick versus Davey Richards at match. It was a it was a very good technical match. Yes. Very good technical match. Cole Raddick comes out. Number one, this kid comes out looking like a kid from high school. Like, he looks like that little kid in high school who's on the football team, but he's really not on the football team. Like, he's on there. He might get a few minutes of play time, but he impressed the hell out of me. Like, yeah. I'm cheering for him more so than Davey Richards. He ends up losing, but Davey Richards ends up giving him his props because I think it was like a hometown. I don't think it's from Sellersburg, but it was. he's close. He mm-hmm. lives close to Sellersburg, so – it was more of a like a homecoming for him because a lot of people was on his side. Like he had a lot of people cheering for him. Yeah. Davy Richards, class act. Yeah. Beginning to the end, class act. This and m- one thing I will say about Davy Richards, that motherfucker is aggressive. Like if you you're sitting there watching him and it's different being in person and up close and seeing his facial features and that motherfucker is aggressive as hell. Did you ever watch him in TNA when he was with Eddie when he was with Eddie Edwards and they were the Wolves? Yeah, I mean I did, but I'm just saying being there in person and you know cuz I mean you can see things that cuz you know you got camera angles and all that but sitting there watching I'm mm-hmm. like this motherfucker is aggressive. I mean he looked like he really trying to hurt somebody. Shit. That's what being a pro wrestler is. Mm-hmm. I mean it don't matter like they like I forgot who said it. Doesn't matter if you're playing to five people or five hundred thousand people. Yeah. You gotta do it every and and I mean shout outs to Davy Richards because I mean, in attendance there wasn't really a lot of people. I mean, no. this man used to be in arenas. Mm-hmm. And like Mr. Chris said, he was still wrestling, like he was putting on a show right. for five hundred thousand people. Yeah. Like millions of people were watching. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people don't do that, especially somebody of his caliber. Where he's been, he's been to the top. He's been RH champion, TNA, uh, tag team champion. A lot. He's been everywhere and had titles. But he was still putting on a show for us, like we were millions of people watching. Right. So shout and out. Still to sat over there, you know, with with everybody else at their merch tables and stuff, you know. And that's that's like I said, that's something that I'm not used to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he sat over there with them. You come up there, say hi to him, all that. You know what I'm saying? It's it's weird seeing, seeing somebody of that caliber that you've seen on TV. Right. Or that you've seen at that level. And they're just sitting there chilling like, you know, what's up? And just walking around behind the crowd, still in their gear and shit. Like, you at least going to put some pants on, bro? Like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> bro. Put some pants on. All right. So this next match was a match that made us come to this show. Mr. Chris, announce this match because you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. Talk about Shane Taylor. Yes, sir. Versus Calvin, Calvin Tankman. Tankman. For, what was it? The Midwestern Territory Chain. Mm-hmm. That chain was nice. Yeah, it. it was. This match is the reason why we were like, we're going to this show. Mm-hmm. Because, number one... I've been following Shane Taylor since Drizzy was like, hey, there's this dude. His name is Shane Taylor. You got to you gotta watch for him. You got to. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, shout out to Drizzy because he suggests a lot of wrestlers for him, you know, because, I mean, I'm not too well versed in the indie world. Now I am. I'm starting to get more invested in indie than mm-hmm. I am, you know, your your AEWs and your WWEs. And we will talk about that at towards the end. Um, but Shane Taylor, like, from the jump when I first started watching him. And then I'm like, I told Mr. Chris, I'm like, yeah, we got to watch this guy. We watch Ring of Honor. 
I mean, number one, he has Shane Taylor Promotions, where he's bringing other black dudes in. And now he brought in Trisha Dora. He's bringing in other black folks, and he's putting them on. He's not even putting his cell phone. He's putting them on, too. Right. We got to see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he went up against Calvin Tankman. And when I tell you these brothers were hitting hard. Yes. And, I mean, Calvin Tankman is another one that, yes. you know, we've had our eye on recently, too, with yes. MLW. Oh, the bio, uh, what was it, Battle Riot? Yeah. Battle Riot 3? Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, these are two dudes that, it, you know, to us, you know, as fans of wrestling. And, you know what I'm saying, these are big names to us. Like, we walk in there and it's like, you know, we're seeing famous people, like, it don't matter that you're at an indie show, that we're in, you know, uh, uh, you know, that we're in a damn hall with a nine foot clearance. Yes. You know what I'm saying? People kicking in ceiling tiles and spinning, you know, ceiling fans around and stuff <laughs> yes. just for the hell of it. But you, it's like, dude, and they're right there. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was just wild. It's crazy. This match was really good. It, 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 the referee guy sucked. We booed him the whole night, by the way. He was cool, though. Oh, he was funny. Yeah. But we booed him the whole night. Like, after that, after this match, he was like, boo, dude, you suck. Um, it was a, ended up being, like, a no contest, mm-hmm. a draw or whatever, but no contest. Let, and then Shane Taylor said, came out there, and he told him, like, you took me to the limit, but we got to do this again. Mm-hmm. So, if this happens around somewhere around here, we're going. Yes. If it, I, I'm saying that we'll go as far as Indianapolis because I know that Paradigm does some shows in Indianapolis. Yeah. I will go as far as Indianapolis to see that again because you have to. These two men, they're big. Mm-hmm. They both are athletic as heck. And, I mean, they put on a show. Yeah. They almost stole the show. Mm-hmm. Almost. Because this last match on the card kind of stole the show, even though – it was a little weird. God dang, I keep touching it. <laughs> it was a little weird, but this that one was that that match surprised me at the last one. But overall, Shane Taylor was we got to meet him. Bought merch. Humble, yeah. humble gentleman. Humble gentleman. I there I, I can't say too, I I can't this is not his praises. I can't just stop giving him his praises because right. He's famous to me. Like, he's, like, most of them were like, hey, just buy my merch. But he talked to us. Mm -hmm. Mr. Chris, he shook his hand. I got a bow. He bowed. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm a, I I told him I'm a huge fan. I was fangirling on the inside. I even tweeted it out, and he liked it. He retweeted it. And he followed. He started following you, too. Yes, he he started following me. Because support those who support you. Mm -hmm. And... He made it seem like it's us. We're the reason why he's where he's at. And I'm like, I'm sitting there like, no, sir. You're there because you're talents. And I'm here to support you because I want to see more of you. Hell, I want to see you have your own wrestling promotion if that's what you want to do. Right. I don't want to see him go to AEW. I don't want to see him go to WWE. I want to see Shane Taylor take his name and take this Shane Taylor promotions and make it huge. Mm-hmm. So Bounce TV, BET. TV One, is TV One still around? Black channels. Black wrestling, because guess what? Black wrestling draws. Not black wrestling draws like Stone Cold used to wear. Black wrestling draws. 
because we've seen that today at Crown Jewel. We've seen it at Paradigm Pro. We've seen it on AEW, Dark, Dark Elevation, Black Wrestling Draws. We like to spend our money too. Black folks spend money on wrestling. It's not just white folks. Is that, I mean, most of the time, it's, the white hicks ain't spending the money. They're buying the alcohol. So then they spend money afterwards. <laughs> mm. But black folks, we spend money too. Shane Taylor Promotions, I bought a t-shirt. I should have got an autograph. I probably should have bought. His autograph probably was expensive. But anywho, we got to meet him. And that was like, that was a highlight of, of the night. But the main event, which number one Another gentleman that I wanted to see, and this is like, dang, I kind of really need to go. Myron Reed, who is a hometown Louisville. He's from Louisville. Hometown dude. Um, he was the MLW, I think, middleweight champion. He lost the belt to Tajiri. Tajiri's old ass. Still out here wrestling. Mm-hmm. It still looked the same. Yeah. Man, ain't aged. Versus Shug D. Shug D's another guy. I've been getting in on his spaces. He does a lot of spaces about, like, like uplifting stuff like he's like like one i was listening to that i went into his spaces he was about how you can hear a hundred no's but he's like all it takes is one yes and that opportunity that one yes can open an opportunity to a million things dude's inspirational as heck Mm -hmm. and he's trying to teach and i mean the things he talks about is just not for the wrestling community it it's life it's life lessons as well right um but that match was great both of them put on a great show. Like Mr. Chris said, nine-foot ceiling clearance. <laughs> they were still out here high flying. Yeah, they're still flying. They was flying into the crowd. And, by the way, if you ever go to a Paradigm Pro show, they tell your ass when you buy the tickets. They tell your ass why, why you there. They tell your ass when if you get the reserved seats. If you see the wrestlers move coming your way, get your shit and move. Yeah, in those words. <laughs> get your shit and move. Get your shit and move. Get your shit, move out the way. Mm-hmm. Luckily, no wrestlers came flying towards us. I love the seats that we had. We had front row seats. But, I mean, anywhere you would have sat was front row. Pretty much, yeah. Which was all right with me. But, Shook D became the champion. He took the belt off of Myron Reed. Um, I can tell that this feud is not over with. So, hopefully, we'll see it again. Overall, they know. Mr. Chris, how did you feel about the first show? The first show was great. Like, I I loved it. Like, there wasn't anything that I could say critiquing it, negative, nothing. Like, it was just great. I will agree with that. The first show was... The first show was good. Like, I mean, the first show had the most... The the crowd, there was more people at the first Mm -hmm. show. But then when that second show started a little bit after 9, 15, because they were running behind, that second second show, a lot of people left. But... I'm kind of glad we didn't leave because, I mean, I like the second show, too, especially the main event. Yeah. Wait a minute. They're missing. Oh, no, no, they're not. Okay. So, I'm going to read these out of order because I can't remember how what order they were in. Okay. So, the um, second show, the blue show, is As the Rush Comes. We had Janai Kai versus Jordan Blade for the super middleweight champ, the Paradigm Pro super middleweight championship. Now, that match is another one that was like, Holy shit. Women. Both, both of them women, they went hard. Like, they was going in. No was, cap. Yes. I told Mr. Chris, like, right before she came out, I was like, Janai Kai, I was like, she's a badass. She's a badass. 
I forgot about Jordan Blade. Jordan Blade's a badass too. We got her autograph. Mm-hmm. Mr. Chris got her autograph. So Jordan Blade retained her title. That's another one I want to see again. So after her match, she had an opponent. It was a long vignette. Long vignette. Filthy Tom Lawler is coming mm-hmm. to face her for her title. Now, this title that she has, men and women can both challenge for it. It's it's a unisex title. So, he is a UFC, uh, ex-UFC fighter. She's good at what she does. I cannot... Keep touching the microphone. I cannot wait for this match. Because mm-hmm. we're going. We're going to go see it. We're going to Jeffersonville. Because this time we ain't got to drive far. This time we probably won't use the Sex Street Bridge. Hopefully nothing's going on that day. Probably Light Up Louisville's probably going to go on that day. Who knows? So... The second match, and like I said, I'm reading these out of order, people. So if you're listening and you went to Prairie Down, you went and are out of order. Or out of, I'm just reading them how the poster goes. Okay. And I'm going to read them the last one, the main event last, because do that. All right. So the second one was for the Heavy Hitters Championship. That was a good match, too. That was a great match, too. Isaiah Bronner versus Matt, Matt Mikowski. At Matt Mikowski, Boy, he looks like a UFC fighter. Like, mm-hmm. man, the little the video that they showed that one he was fighting there. People had it looked like he was fighting in like I don't want to say Persia because Persia doesn't exist. It looked like he was fighting in an Arabic country because mm-hmm. the dudes the they were all covered up in like the little you know Arabic garbs, and he's fighting like and there's like wicker scenery in the background. I'm like, wait a minute, who is this dude? He took Isaiah Bronner to the limit. Isaiah Bronner did retain his title. Mr. Chris, what you got to say? That wasn't. It was another great match. I mean, when they say heavy hitters, them motherfuckers was hitting heavy. Like that was just. That's no lie, at all. Dude and got, that match could have went either damn way. Dude got knocked. Well, dude got knocked out. Yeah, though. but I mean, throughout that whole match, it could have went either way. Like, I didn't know what was going to happen. Okay. So the next match was Akira. He took he didn't take on Yoya. Yoya, I was hurt. He took on another dude. And I can't think of the dude's name, but the dude ended up winning. The other dude ended up winning. Akira did not win. The uh, what did he call himself? The somethings, ninja, whatever. The death, the death ninja, whatever he called himself. But he didn't win. The other guy won, and the other guy looked like some pretty boy football player guy. He looked almost like a Wade Barrett almost. This dude came out and knocked his ass out. Mm-hmm. That was a good match as well. That's yeah, like I said, the U, the U, UWFI rules are are different to us, but I like the knockout aspect of it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's I think it's what I like about it. All right. So this next match was number one. I'm a fan of this dude now. Austin Connolly versus Davey Richards. Davey Richards was on the card twice, yes. you guys. This man's in his 40s. Out here doing two shows. And he was doing a, UF, a UWFI rules. Mm-hmm. He did a regular pro wrestling match, and then he did a UWFI rules match. And that UWFI rules came back to bite him in the ass. Sure did. <laughs> well, Austin Connolly, number one, this man in his video package, look, he's over here looking like Mick Foley. Because Bernard was Bernard's like, Dang, he look like Mick Foley. He does. He comes out to this crazy... Almost like Cactus Jack. Almost like Mankind mm. and Cactus Jack was to have a son. This man is comes out with these chains. Nuts. Crazy. Knocks Stevie Richards' ass out. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, some of them fans that was out there, he was getting a little bit too close with them chains. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've seen people over there like, oh, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Overall, that was a great match. Yeah, that was a good match, And too. shout out to Stevie Richards to giving Austin Connolly the rub. It's, it wasn't Stevie Richards. Stevie Richards. I mean, Davey Richards. Bye, bad. Thank you. Sorry. I've been doing this. been a little rusty. But Davey Richards, shout out to him for doing, again, class act. Constant mm-hmm. professional did two damn matches, right? So. And put on two put on two great matches, right? All right, so this next match was something that we were kind of confused about. We didn't understand it. It was the British rounds. I'm still confused about it. <laughs> I, I just know. know there was a winner and there was a loser. And there know. was breaks in between. And, and it seemed like they said 30-second breaks. There wasn't no damn 30 seconds. There wasn't no damn 30 seconds. Paradigm Pro, I'm going to need for y'all to get I a time. it was 15. 15. It wasn't no 15 seconds either. It I, was 15 seconds. Oh, dude like, got to. Because the problem was is that at the end of the round, dude was still on the ground. And by the time he made it back to the corner, it was already time to get back in there. But it was Sidney Von England versus Travis Huckabee. It was entertaining. It was entertaining mm-hmm. as fuck. Mm-hmm. Sidney Von England uh, came out with the win. It was and once again, it was a you know it was a very technical match, and I mean that's something we don't really get a lot of anymore. And but they won it though. All right, so next match, another UWFI rules was Bruce Gray from the DD Trash versus Gregory Irons. But again, I think Bruce Gray got the win. Yeah, he got yeah. the win. UWFI rules. That match was okay. I mean, like, I, I had no complaints. I have no complaints. But, 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 literally, but, but, that oh, yes. was ass out and got carried out ass out. Yeah, literally. <laughs> uh, and shout outs to him because he has cerebral palsy, yes. I do believe, and he's wrestling with cerebral palsy. Yes. That, to me, number one, made me like, damn, he's mm. doing something that I wouldn't do. Hey, we were sitting there telling his the manager dude or whoever's with them, like, dude, pull, pull his, his pants, pants up. up. He's just carrying them out, still ass out. Ass out. Like, <laughs> all we saw was white ass. White ass. I couldn't do it. Well, you couldn't look at his ass? No, I couldn't be carried out ass <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, true. I forgot all about that. Yes. Dude came out with, uh, dude got his, number one, his shorts was way, way too short. Way too short. Then they got pulled down, and that made it like that was a good match. He got knocked out though, but yeah, yeah. assed out, asses out, knocked out. Next match was Matt Zero versus Derek Neal. The dude sitting next to Mr. Chris was like, Hey, watch this guy, he's good. Mm -hmm. Derek Neal, like, he was losing the whole time, like a Ric Flair. Ric Flair man came back and knocked dude out. Dude didn't know where he was. Derek Neal got the win. And then this was entertaining to me because dude came out with an entertaining entrance. It was Jeffrey John versus Victor Analog. Victor Analog came out with a TV on his head mm-hmm. and came out to a video killed the radio star. And obviously another crowd favorite. And he lost. And he lost. Jeffrey John, the dude who was wearing a he was he was wearing a scarf. Don't get me wrong, that scarf was cute. It was cute. 
He didn't want to take his scarf off. I think he had a name for a papuska, whatever. He didn't want to take it off, whatever it was. He didn't want to take it off. Man came out looking like a Russian grandmother. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> but he had Russian music in the background. That's all you to had to do was just give him a basket of bran muffins and you would have been spot in on. In a long skirt. Like, yeah, yeah he would have been spot <laughs> on. He took it. Yeah, he he's in the picture wearing a scarf, too. But somebody's like, take the bonnet off. I'm like, it's not a bonnet. It's a hair scarf. But anywho, he got the win. Victor Analog, I don't know if something was wrong with him because that was a kind it was very quick. That match, unless they were just pressed for time and they just had to speed it up. Which I think they was. Because uh they he got knocked out pretty quick. Everybody's like, uh, he was the crowd favorite. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. here he comes, like dudes dressed in eighties garb. I mean, he's hell of an entrance, got knocked the fuck out real quick. Yeah. After old dude decided to take a scarf off. We had two minutes of dude arguing about wearing his scarf. Yeah. Anywho. He got to take it out. Um, the women, Eden Von England versus Shay McCoy. That, UFWI rules for the women. Mm-hmm. Good match. Great match. Yes. Eden Von England got the win. She knocked old girl out. Now, the main event, which number one, the main event was brought to you by Sheer Geekdom. And we did not know that was the main event. We did not. There was a lot of things about this match we did not know about. Before we sponsored it. Thanks, you Paradigm Pro. Because <laughs> we're sitting there and, you know, we're like, damn, it's the main event. And then all of a sudden they're coming out with, with doors and chairs and brass knuckles. And it's like, what the hell did we sponsor? But I'm so glad we did because it was one hell of a match. Hell of a match. Again, Right before they started to match, Paradigm Prone lets you know if you see the wrestlers coming towards you, get your shit and move. It was the Brass Knuckles Championship match, which was Josh Crane versus Ron Mathis versus The Bev versus Flash versus Hoodfoot. Which I've been watching Hoodfoot before. I'm a fan of Hoodfoot. But hold on, hold on. It was the inaugural. Yes. The inaugural Brass Knuckles Championship. Match sponsored by Sheer Geekdom. What's up? You ain't gonna give me no applause? Oh, hold on. Okay. Now you used to it. Are you hearing people yelling in the background? Yeah. Shut up, y'all. Sheer Geekdom. We was in the building. This match was crazy. Probably my favorite of the second. Main event, match, I mean, it was what, every minute, every two minutes, somebody, the next person was coming out. Mm-hmm. At one point in time, we had all five of the men in the ring. Um, I'm trying to think. Josh Crane was the first one to be eliminated. Flash was the second guy to be eliminated. Mm-hmm. The Bev, who was my favorite, because I thought Bev was going, like, I thought he, it was going to be down to him and Hoodfoot. The Bev was the third person eliminated. So it came down to Hoodfoot, which is who, again, some of the reasons why I wanted to go. You know, Calvin Tankman, Shane Taylor, Hoodfoot versus Ron Mathis of DD Trash. It came down to them. Hoodfoot brings out Tax. We didn't already went through all the chairs. No, 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 no. He wasn't the one that brought out the Tax. Oh, no, it was Flash. Flash brought out the Tax. Yes, Flash brought, but he didn't use them. 
Yes, he did. Oh, yeah, he did use them. He did. Because remember, he put them in Hoodfoot's mouth and did a super kick on them. Oh, yeah, that's right. But that didn't take them out, though. No, it didn't. But what Hoodfoot did bring out was a damn bag of Legos. The most devastating thing you could ever do to somebody. Because let me tell you, Legos are banned in our house. Yeah. So he brought out the Legos, put the Legos on, and he's like, hey, get the tax, too. So you know what Hoodfoot did? That motherfucker went and got the damn tax. Hey, he was asking us, <laughs> Legos or tax? I'm saying Legos because Legos will mess you up, man. If you don't got kids, or even if you was a kid, if you've ever stepped on a Lego, that has you rethinking your whole life. Because I would rather, I would almost rather stub my toe than step on a hallway full of Legos. I don't, I don't know about that. Nope. Nope, no, I, I a hallway full of Legos. Legos hurt. You, I stepped on some before. They hurt. Anywho, Hoodfoot brings out the Legos and the tags. He loses. Hoodfoot loses. But we do get Ron Mathis as the new and first Brass Knuckles Championship uh, champion. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. That belt was nice. Yeah. It was really nice. It was yeah. on the... It was really nice. Hey, Isaiah Bronner's belt is nice, too. Like, yeah. all the belts that Paradigm Pro had were nice. Mm -hmm. So, overall, we got autographs from we got autographs from DDT, and we should have got one for free, because I should have been like, we sponsored y'all's match. I ain't going to do that. I know. We gave them money. Because Chris, uh, Mr. Chris gave them two, because they, they wanted $10 for a signed autograph. We, he, and Mr. Chris gave them two fives. And I saw an old dude split it with split mm -hmm. they split it between each other because yeah. they're a tag team so overall paradigm pro was a great show mr chris and i had a great time as you could tell i'm very animated in my voice i definitely want to do it again i want to be a sponsor i want to sit front row i want to do it again because i had a great time mm -hmm. and when i say i had a great time i had a great time no ifs ands or buts about it i had a great time yeah and i want to do it again this time be early yeah. Or at least on time. Yeah. And not miss the first 15 minutes. Yeah. So, on that note, right before we end this episode, we I want to talk about something that me and Mr. Chris have been kind of going back and forth about. We're on the same page about it, but we go back and forth. And this is the last thing we're going to talk about. This is probably going to be the longest episode we've had because we've been gone for a minute. Mr. Chris said we were supposed to do two episodes, but I had COVID. My voice was going out. I really couldn't do it. Okay, so... We've been talking about what's been going on with AEW and WWE. Now, because we were at Paradigm Pro, which I'm glad we went, we missed the Friday Night War that everyone seems to be talking about. Overall, the Friday Night War, the dust has been settled. Um, the clouds have cleared. We are now looking at WWE has beaten AEW yet again. And what everyone is labeling the Friday Night War. SmackDown was on FS1 because of baseball. I think it was, yeah, baseball. T uh, AEW was just on TNT. AEW, WWE decided that they were going to go on 30 minutes over because they're on cable and they can do that now. They can't do it on Fox broadcast television because that's, that's local news time. They can't go to 1030. So AEW counters with, we're going to have a buy-in on, on YouTube. Brian Danielson versus 
Suzuki, uh, whatever his first name is, Suzuki. And then Lee Moriarty, I forgot who he took on. But anyway, they had two matches on the buy-in. In, anywho. So that's what we were left with. We didn't see it. I didn't even watch the SmackDown from the week before, whatever. Um, overall, people have been commenting on Tony Khan. Tony Khan is starting to, he's start to me, and this is my opinion only, um, he's starting to come off as a very childish, it's, it's becoming annoying. I get it. You want to rep your brand. I get it. You, you know, you want to go hard for your, your, you know, your company, but you are, you're turning some of us off. I'm one of them. Mr. Chris is another one. We are being turned off by this, you know, we're better than them and, and we know it. Shout out to MJF. I love MJF. Um, you're, you're giving, you're, you're making it hard to be an AEW fan right now. Eric Bischoff commented this week about how if you really want to keep saying I'm the best, go head to head with, with Vince. But you got Tony Khan backpedaling, being like, I'm not going head-to-head because I want fans to be able to watch their wrestling show and watch our product. And I'm sitting here like, like Eric Bischoff said, I wasn't playing. I went head-to-head with Vince, not once but twice, with two different companies. Now, granted, I was winning in one company for 83 weeks, and in the other company, I didn't really, I didn't really win. But I did it. I went head-to-head with Vince. Just shut up and wrestle. Quit talking about it and be about it. So now you got AEW fans who are all coming for Eric Bischoff, which you can say what you want to about Eric Bischoff. He knows his stuff. He might have lost some money along the way, but he knows his stuff. I am inclined to agree with Eric Bischoff with the lines of Tony Khan. Just quit tweeting. Quit tweeting. Tweet about, you know, what y'all going to do on Dynamite or Rampage. You know, tweet about... You know, y'all getting a new endorsement deal. Quit, and the Young Bucks too, quit playing into this this us against them mentality because you're, in the end, these diehard WWE fans that y'all claim that you don't like. I'm I'm not going to say I'm a diehard WWE fan, but, I mean, I grew up with WWE majority of my life. So I guess you could say I'm a diehard fan. And I love AEW. I'm loving what y'all are doing, but y'all, you, Young Bucks, Tony, y'all making it hard for me to like it and for me to like it, to to want to watch your product. Yeah. That's all you got to say. And it? I mean, it's, but it's like I said, this all kind of stemmed from Cody Rose. Cody Rose with his whole breaking the throne shit, but I mean, you can't do that and then turn around and be like, but I respect Triple H and whoop de and all this. You did what you did already. And that was the thing about it was that you was getting a lot of, you know, backing for doing that. That's where you had this whole AEW fan base come from was because you was doing, you know, you was doing things that were taking shots at WWE. Now it's got to the point now to where it's like the biggest pops that you get for AEW is not in the ring. It's not a wrestling move. 
It's not a wrestling match. It's for shots being taken at WWE. Anybody says anything good about him? Brian Danielson? Well, well, fuck him. If he if he's so happy, then he should go back. Like, it's not that damn serious. But now you got uh, Brian Danielson talking about now he's getting death threats from WWE fans, which he was. I've seen some of them, especially in some of the groups like Dirt Sheet. I'm sorry, Dirt Sheet Radio can be downright racist sometimes and downright misogynistic, sexist. Sometimes Dirt Sheet Radio, I have to kind of like take myself away from their Facebook page because I. Like, they can be very racist. They say bad things about Jade. They say bad things about Bianca Belair. They say things about, oh, well, you know, when Daniel Bryan came out with that, you know, thank you to WWE fans, you know, people in the back. The guy, you know, I can't say your name, Vince McMahon. People were like, oh, well, he needs to go back. If he is, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. He was with that company for 12 fucking years. And like you said, Mr. Chris, they stuck by him when he was even injured. And now come to find out this motherfucker was lying about how injured he was. Yeah. So, of course, when they found out, of course they were going to protect him. Of course. Because he's an asset to the company. And they can't have another Owen Hart incident. They can't. They can't have another Umaga incident. They can't have another Eddie Guerrero. You know what I'm saying? They can't have these instances anymore. WWE, because I guarantee you, if this shit happens in w in AEW, it's going to be swept under, oh, well, they're a new company and blah, blah, blah. Well, so-and-so shouldn't have been doing drugs. So-and-so was like this beforehand. My, you know, and it's like I said, my issue is that, you know, Number one, I hate toxic fans with any type of sport, any type of anything. I hate toxic fans. UK fans. The I hate, worst. I hate toxic fans, for one thing. You can be a diehard fan. You can love what you're seeing. You can love the product that's being put out. You can love the the wrestlers. You can love the, the matches. You can love all that shit. That's fine. But that don't mean that you always have to put down everybody else. Because at the end of the day... There would be no AEW if it wasn't for WWE. There wouldn't be no Impact if it wasn't for WWE. There wouldn't have been no WCW if there wasn't for WWE. And that's the thing about it is that why can't we just fucking be happy that we have more wrestling to watch? I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the talking shit sometimes, like when they talk shit. But it's like when it's... When it becomes too much after a while because then you got fans that sit here and they want to attack everything that Vince does. They want to attack everything that Tony does. And it's like, why can't we just have nice things? Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, when, when AEW first started, and this is even before, you know, they started coming with Dynamite, I was like, damn, this is nice. We got something else that we can watch. Right. Some of the people that, you know, didn't really – do a whole lot in WWE or, you know, never got a chance to go there. That was from, you know, New Japan and, you know, these indie circuits. They're getting a bigger stage to do stuff on. I was I was digging it. But it's like the more that times went on, it's like all of this negativity just it keeps on, you know, it keeps on adding up. And it's like it's getting to a point now to where it's like, damn, I can't even support this shit because, you know, I know about all this other shit that's going on. So it's like you can't even really enjoy the matches. You can't enjoy shit for what it is. You can't enjoy seeing Punk being back because 
Motherfuckers is just said to go see WWE. This ain't got nothing to do with them. Facts. You, if you're happy about CM Punk, if you're happy about you know Brian Danielson, if you're happy about Adam Cole being over there, fine, cool. I ain't got no problem with that. I don't mind seeing them over there. But the thing about it is, is that y'all are trying to put them on some type of fucking pedestal, and the only reason you're putting them on a pedestal is because they came from WWE. Well, and also. Okay, so and this is the fans, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And this is a lot to do with the damn fans because they're giving these big ass pops to them, but you know what I'm saying? But it's but we're kind of forgetting the whole aspect of what AEW was supposed to be it be about and where it came from. Well, let me see. Let me re- let me address that. Okay, so what I'm gathering and what I got from this the gist of it um was when Cody Rhodes announced it and he was surrounded by a bunch of dicks, guys dressed up as dicks. He was like, this is AEW. We're more than a t-shirt. We are now a company. We're going to be on TV. TV coming soon. This is before Dynamite. And that we were not going to be accepting a bunch of XWWE guys. You know, we're going to be, we're going to stand on our own two feet. We're going to be our own company. Well, he got backing. He got backing for Tony Khan. Tony Khan, who has frequent WWE events, um, there were rumors that he wanted to buy into WWE, but he could he didn't have enough capital, I guess. I don't know. But these are just rumors. Don't know how true they are, which it's starting to kind of sound like it was because he used to go to a lot of WWE shows. Um, he now gets daddy's, pe- um, daddy's checkbook. He now starts writing checks. He now starts getting Jer- Chris Jericho on board. Chris Jericho was saying the same thing on Talk is Jericho. AEW is a new company. We're not going to take a bunch of WWE guys because that's what TN, that's what TNA did. Look what happened to TNA, who are now known as Impact. They imploded. Um, that's what happened with WCW, and they imploded. But we're not going to be like that. Um, I think for the most part, for me, a lot of the issues lie with. You're right. It's they, they're only getting big pops because they came from WWE. And a lot of them are trying to play into the fans want them to play into that disgruntled role. Mm-hmm. Brian Danielson is starting to now, and I don't like it because it's like I think you're only doing it because, you know, now you're saying, oh well, I'm getting death threats from WWE fans. I get that you are, you probably are. But then again, when you wrote that love letter to WWE, you had AEW fans over here talking about well, he don't need to be here, blah 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 blah. But then you got CM Punk who's over here talking about. He won't even talk about WWE. He just talks about the last time he wrestled, which was in 2005, and he was with Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. He is pro wrestling. Okay, but you did sports entertainment in between that. Then you get Adam Cole. Adam Cole has done nothing but praise WWE, too. But the fans don't like that. That's not about your him persona. That's a persona. And see, and that's, that's the thing that, you know, I'm, I'm getting tired of is – these WWE people, not all of them, but some of them, they was not getting no fucking love from you damn fans before they came over to AEW. Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho was not getting love from you motherfuckers before she came over to WWE. Ever Rise 2.0. They're still not getting no fucking but they're love. All, but they're all elite. Let's just go there. <laughs> but, but I mean, as far as fans go, you know, they're they're, they're kind of the exception to everything. They, they ain't nobody checking for them now either. But I mean. They still there though. They're, they're there. They're there, and they're on main. They've done main events, even though, yeah, they events. suck ass. I'm sorry. But anyways, there's a lot of these motherfuckers that y'all wasn't checking for, and even Brody Lee. I'm sorry, Luke Harper. Y'all was not checking for him when he was in WWE when he started his solo 
career there. Y'all was not fucking checking for him. Because guess what happened when he did and, and it didn't work. They stuck him back with Eric Rowan and they became the Bludgeon Brothers. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying is y'all was not showing this man love when he was with WWE. Some of y'all were. We're not. We're yeah, because I mean, I was. I was a fan of Luke Harper. I was, you know, I was rooting for him to get a belt because I liked his, you know, I, I liked his persona. I liked his in-ring ability. I seen all that in him. But when you look at it from an overall scope, people wasn't fucking checking for him like it. But then as soon as he comes to AEW, then it's like, oh, my God, you know. Ah. I'm the biggest fan he ever. Right. But y'all wasn't checking for him when he was in, you know, when he was in WWE. I was like, but did you know the Brody Lee that was in the indies that he took his name from uh, Jason Lee? Because they said he looked like Jason Lee. You know who Jason Lee is? Is it Jason Lee? I think the dude who played on My Name is Earl. Because he said that dude that was... Mm-hmm. Earl, because they said that he looked like him, and he did kinda. So, did y'all know that? No, some of y'all didn't because you didn't care to know. Right. So, I mean, that goes back to you know, like I was saying, even whenever you look at Miro, he had a bit of a fan base in WWE, he but not me. to the point to where you know, like people were getting behind him when he came. And even now, some of that, you know, some of that that. You know that 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 luster and gusto for him is kind of it's kind of fading a little bit. Unpopular opinion. I like him better on AEW than yeah. you know. I mean, I do oh, too. I don't, there's a lot of people who would rather him like they liked him better as Rusev. I prefer God's champ. Now, I don't, not that best man shit. No, 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 no. God's champion. That man cuts hella promos. Yeah, and I mean that's like I said. That's the thing about it. The biggest fucking example the biggest fucking example is john fucking moxley dean ambrose was not getting love from the damn wwe universe they was not getting love from these wrestling fans he was not being checked at like it and you gotta figure you can't say it was all because it was wwe it wasn't just that though because as soon as that motherfucker came over to AEW, when there was you know when there was rumblings that he made debut Motherfuckers was like, oh my god, he's coming to AEW. He's gonna be in the at the pay per view. But y'all didn't give a fuck about him when he was over there. And you can't put all of that on WWE creative. You can't put all that on them. You you know you gotta look at the performer himself and be like, you know, what I'm saying I like him because honestly, his character has not really fucking changed from WWE to AEW. It's just more violent. He's just more, but I mean, he's going back to that Moxley persona he had before he came to WWE. He's going back to that whole John Good, because that's his real name. I mean, he's going back to that whole persona he had before he came to WWE. Now, if you would, if you're a fan of you know CZW or GCW now, um, they were, but they didn't. But them type of fans don't like WWE. Yeah. So they're like, I mean, they probably saw him debut in the Shield. They're like, damn. They didn't water his ass down. Mm-hmm. And then when they tried to get into him, like, damn. So I'm not I'm not going to say, because CZW fans, GCW fans, all these hardcore, I mean, hardcore violent wrestling fans, y'all probably knew him, but you didn't like him. You didn't like WWE him. And you kind of tolerate AEW him, but that's only because he can go to, because now he's the GCW champion. Yeah. And... I can understand their gripe. I can. I can totally understand their gripe because they're used to him being in blood matches, bleeding everywhere, bloody everywhere, cut up everywhere. I understand them. But this is the thing about but it is that most when it comes, a- 
But but when it comes us as fans, we gotta understand that these are living, breathing fucking people. They hurt when they bleed. They hurt when shit breaks. They hurt when they get their fucking chest turned into fucking hamburger meat. That shit fucking hurts. They do it for our enjoyment. Now, the thing about it is, and this is why, you know, WWE is kind of the, you know, it's the upper echelon. Because once you get there, you finally get to be protected. You finally get to a point to where you don't have to do the crazy ass shit no more. You don't have to fucking jump off a 50-foot scaffolding to get your name out there. You don't have to sit here and fucking take 20 damn headshots, you know, from a chair to get your name out there. You've already made it. It's just like all these people there is talking about, you know, like with AJ Styles. AJ Styles has done every fucking thing you could think of in the wrestling business. Not just WWE, not just any single promotion. This motherfucker has done every fucking thing that you can imagine. I mean, he literally was the leader of a bullet club, so I mean... And that's supposed to be like one of the pinnacle things you can do in wrestling. I mean, this man has done every fucking thing that you can possibly do. And people are bitching about him being in a tag team with, with almost and shit. You know, I love AJ Styles and he's a hell of a singles wrestler. But at the same time, the man, let the man chill and make his money. And the shit. thing is, is in AJ Styles. Okay. So our favorites from when we were teenagers, early, early twenties, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, John Cena, Brock Lesnar, they're getting old. And I don't want them. I mean, and that's the same argument I have about Goldberg. Fuck William. How he did that black man today. He should have went to jail. Um, the same argument I have about Goldberg, Sting. I don't want to see them wrestling. You can come out and like Goldberg, Goldberg, you don't need to be in a fucking wrestling match. You can come out, jackhammer somebody and leave. Stone Cold, when Stone Cold comes in, stuns people and leaves, I'm all right with that. Because I know Stone Cold can't really wrestle no more. But I'm okay with that. Because I don't need to see Stone Cold wrestle anymore. No. If The Rock come, I mean, I don't really need to see The Rock wrestle anymore. I want to because I want to see him go against Roman. But if The Rock comes in and rock bottoms a couple people give some people some people's elbows and out the door i'm okay with that if john cena even though john cena says he can still go if john cena just comes in and attitude adjustments somebody and goes you can't see me and all this other if he does that and leaves i'm okay with that i'm okay with sting coming in and doing the scorpion death drop on somebody and leaving y'all ain't got to stay right and, and, and that seems like that's the problem with it and, it, and it's not the wrestlers themselves it's you know sometimes it is but it's undertaker a lot, it was it was yeah, him a lot of it you know is the fans who you know what i'm saying who want to sit here and try to down them for doing that i mean it's just like you know if you look at christian being like, oh, well, he still wants to wrestle, but they don't want to let him wrestle because, you know, because of injuries, because of age, because of this and that. What the fuck is wrong with that? I mean, I don't understand how you can be mad at a company for wanting to protect people. Like, that's ass backwards. Considering the fact that they didn't do it in the 80s and 90s, and they do dark side of the rings about it, but nobody wants to talk about that. Right. And, and that's, like I said, that's, you know, it, it, with... With Brian Danielson, in, in his case, you lie about your injuries. You know what I'm saying? And they didn't just let you the fuck go. They should have fired his ass. They didn't let you go. And the thing, and here's another thing, y'all talk so bad. You know, people talk so bad about Vince. Daniel Bryanson is not somebody that Vince McMahon would pick out of a fucking lineup and be like, "That's the guy that I want." Brian Danielson. 
Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson, yeah, like you, the you, third. I don't give a shit. This motherfucker is, like I said, he's not one of them dudes that you could put in a lineup in front of Vince McMahon and he's going to pick him out and be like, that's the guy I want representing our company. So, I mean, it, it, he's not one of them type of dudes that's really going to get a pass like that. So, for them to, for him to do what he did and for them to keep him, and then even after the whole retirement, the neck surgery and all that shit, they still kept him. As you know, coming back doing GMs and doing other shit, still kept that man on fucking payroll. Says a lot about who they are as a company. As you know, as they evolve, every fucking thing has to evolve, and WWE has. So you can say, well, they done this for you know, fifty years, okay? But evolution, you know, what I'm saying, shit changes. What the fuck are they doing now? Have they learned from the mistakes? Are they doing better about things? And that's where you gotta, you know, you gotta look at this shit. They're seeing these, you know, they're seeing these wrestlers or these sports entertainers as human beings to an extent. Yes, it's about money. Yes, they want to, you know, money's still going to be the root of everything. But at the same time, for a motherfucker that's all about money to be like, look, I just want you to be fucking protected. I don't give a fuck about the money. Yeah, you could go out there and make me a million more fucking dollars. Right. But as long as you're protected and you're bringing me, you know, 50,000 fuck it I'll take it you know what I'm saying right I think overall it's just fans let's do better and I think it goes back to what we said about comic books I mean if you're a fan of AEW be a fan of AEW but don't criticize WWE people because they like WWE but that flip side goes with WWE fans too if someone loves AEW don't criticize them Except for those ones that follow AEW blindly and they follow WWE blindly and they think that neither one of them can do no wrong because both companies are. I'm critical of both of them, but I like both of them. I'm and, a fan of both of them. And thanks Dave Meltzer's fucking God. Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez should not, should not ever be trusted. I'm going to say this once and I'm going to say it a thousand times. I've tweeted it out. I've put it on Instagram. I've said it on Facebook. Dave Meltzer... Until he cleans up his house, I will not listen to anything he writes or or read anything he writes about at all. Because I don't trust somebody who needs to be on an episode of Hoarders and Intervention at the same time. He needs an intervention because, number one, his house is messy. All that stuff you hold on to, brother, let it go. Them boxes and boxes and stuff. My thing is, if Dark Side of the Ring is coming to your house, clean up. You make enough money. You've been in a you've been a wrestling writer for years. Vince, you've had Vince. Vince has been in your back pocket for years. He's paid you hella money. Tony Khan is paying you hella money. You can't get a maid. You can't tell me all those articles that you've written that are in them boxes and scattered all over your floor. You can't put that on a hard drive and back that shit up. Back that shit up. Yeah. Back it up. At the end of the day, let's just be happy that we have wrestling. And don't trust Dave Meltzer or Brian Alvarez. Let's be happy that we have wrestling. Let's be happy that we got, you know, we got a company that, A, wants to protect their their people, regardless of whether you agree with it or not. Let's be happy that we have a company where if a motherfucker wants to go out and kill their damn self, they're like, fuck it, go out and kill your damn self. And we have a company that if he wants their people to wear fake sneakers, let them wear fake sneakers. So, because I... Like I said, I'm a fan of both. I'm a fan of Indies wrestling. I'm a fan of New Japan. You know what I'm saying? Whenever I catch that shit, I you know, I'll watch it. 
it is what it is. Let's just, you know, let's just all chill and do better. Yeah. That should be the name of the episode. What, chill and do better? Chill and do better. All right. So we are wrapping up. I think we are at the two-hour mark now, almost. Damn near. Damn near at the damn two-hour mark. So, Mr. Chris, where can the people find you? Um, You can find me, Christopher Lee, on Facebook. I don't really do Instagram and, you know, and all that, but I do kind of handle the Sure Geekdom page. Do we do, do we still have the Instagram page? Yes, we still have the Instagram. We don't really put nothing on it. I don't have access to it. You should have access to it. Oh, I, didn't, I thought you gave me access to Twitter. No, you should have access to the Instagram one, too. Okay. But anyways, Instagram, Twitter, we're, we're a little bit more active on Twitter now. So check out Sure Geekdom on Twitter and definitely Sure Geekdom on Facebook. Um... You know, it's a group. Join the group. Sometimes we post questions, have discussions, all that. Keep you informed about new things. It's, you know, video games, TV shows, what we're up to, all that. That's where you can find us at. Yes, because we're going to do the bug, bug fables thing later. Maybe. I don't know. Dude, so I'm read, I'm looking at, dude wrote sheer Greek to on there, and that just bothers me. Bothers my soul. I know I said it. Anywho. And plus it was written on the shirts. Like we was literally wearing shirts and it said <laughs> sure geek. You're still wearing the shirt that says sure geek. I'm wearing the shirt right now. Who knows? Alright. You can find me, Black Barbie one one six on God, I was about to say AOL. God dang it. You could back in the day. I don't even think IMs are running anymore. Or or chat rooms. They're coming back because that's what spaces are. You can find me on at BlackBarbie116 on Twitter and Instagram. I am more active on Twitter now um, because I also sometimes post and share geekdom, but I'm letting Mr. Chris kind of take that over. So, um, But, yeah, you can follow me there. I'm at 102 followers on Twitter. Or actually. Yeah, because it's more of a joke. But uh, shout out to everybody who follows me because – uh, it's a big deal. I'm trying to get Mr. Chris up there to that many followers. More. Because, hey, what did we say? If we get to 400 followers, we was going to give away some shirts. Did we? I guess we're saying it now. I yeah. think I... Surprise! I you know. No, I'm not. That, that's, that doesn't deserve it. <laughs> well, yes. If we get up to, I think... I said either 200 or 400. And hey, we, let's just do 200. Let's, you know, let's set the bar low this time. Let's just do 200. If we get up to 200 followers, we'll give away a free Sheer Geekdom shirt. Mr. Chris is wearing one right now. You know what we need? We need, like, the little glamour music like they used to play on, like, Prices Right, where you're like, you know, when they're like, it's a car! You know, we need that type of music. The you know, that little tune. Whatever. We need that. So, next time. I only got space for four sound effects, and one of them's the intro, so. Well, one of it could be, like, the new car sound. I don't know. I don't even know what the other one is. I'm not going to press it, because I, I, don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll press it after you the know, show. Hold on. Okay, there you go. That's that sounds like an ad. <laughs> Why does that sound like? Why does that sound? Hold on. That's the other sound effect. Why does that sound like an anime is going to commercial? Or coming back. Who is? <laughs> Cowboy, it sounds like some cowboy. No, cowboy people is more jazzy. But yeah, whatever. God, we need to get out here. You can find me at Instagram and Twitter at BlackBarbie116. You can follow me on Facebook at Ariel Cottrell. I'm also in the Sheer Geekdom group. I post a good question. What are five 
albums that you can listen to with no skips. Um, I put my five up. Two of them were Christina Aguilera songs. Uh, songs. Two of them were Christina Aguilera albums. One was a Britney album, Mary J. Blige, and then Mariah Carey, because, you know, I can't skip none of them. All right. Shout out to Power Ups and Power Bombs. Um, we're on a small hiatus, but we will be back next week talking to you all things wrestling. So make sure you follow Drizzy and Bernard. Bernard is not on Twitter, but he is on Instagram, and I believe he's on Facebook. Um, also, shout outs to Random Digits Podcast. Their latest episode is Music, uh, Music for Love. Please listen to it because that's where I got the idea from. And also, Drizzy is also a DJ. So if you need a DJ, you've got a wedding coming up, something, you just want to throw a party because, you know, but be COVID safe. Um, hit Drizzy up. He's on all the Instagrams, Facebooks, and Twitters. Um, shout out to Jobber Tears Podcast. Shout out to Black Wrestling Podcast. Um, shout out to Paradigm Pro Wrestling. Thank you for letting us be sponsors. Shout out to Corey at DeVille Wrestling. I keep hitting the microphone. Um, shout out to Nile Nation of African American Wrestling. Shout out to Blogworks. Y'all party up this weekend. Make sure you dress up. They're up in Cincinnati. They're going to have a good time. Also, follow them on Facebook. They're at the Blogworks. Long name. I can't think of it right now, but it's Blogworks. Anybody else we need to shout out? Shout out to our children. We love y'all. They have a tournament to Saturday. We have a tournament to go to Saturday. Only our daughter's fighting. So, shout outs to her. Anything else, Mr. Chris, before we go? I think you pretty much just covered everything that needs to be said for a shout out. Yay. And also, I did not have any caffeine today, so shout out to that. I took a nap. I was sleeping through uh, Crown Jewel because some of it was boring. But with all that said and done, we will be back here again next week. So I am Black Barbie 116 And I am Mr. Chris. And we are out. Peace out.